This is Emerging Possibilities, powered by Volvo Group Australia. Here we talk to industry experts about the future of mobility and how it will shape both our lives and the world we live in. Hi and welcome to the final episode of Emerging Possibilities for 2022. As a result, we have no guest, it's just Tim and I in the studio and we're going to have a look back at what 2022 has looked like from an emerging technology perspective and more specifically an emerging possibilities perspective. Do I not count, Matt? No, I don't count as a guest, do I? Well, you kind of, you're part of the team. And, um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> team. Can I get that in writing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what an interesting year, right? So um, there's been a massive rise in demand for information. There's been a growth in electromobility as a whole. I mean, we even saw an electric car as one of the best-selling cars in Australia recently uh, on a month-by-month basis. And um, coincidentally, that is also been the year that we started this podcast. So I think a little bit like Chuck Norris being born on the day that World War II ended, <laughs> I think we may have actually started something. Well, I don't know who started something or rode the wave or whatever it is, Matt, but overall, you know, you think about where we've come from in our conversations, I'd say externally and sitting in our day jobs and even in this podcast as well. You know, we started talking about, you know, we had ourselves and Paul Ilmer in the first podcast talking about, you know, giving a preface and concept of what this all was. We had Bayad Jafari coming from the Electric Vehicle Council to talk about electric vehicles and why and how he sees the landscape. And we truly have moved on from those conversations, to be fair. And you you see what the the history of the podcast and the content were from each of the different guests we did have on, that it was more about executional. Like there was some information there, of course, and some learnings and talking about this emerging space, but we were very much talking about executing and optimizing and what the near future looks like with a large number of projects and all the rest of it. And here in little old Australia, to be fair, you know, we're, we're normally considered technology laggards when it comes to this or uh, and those kind of things, well, but we're playing our part. Well, so that's interesting, right? So, like, obviously there's been an election uh, yeah. this year as well. An we, important point, to be fair, about yeah. this conversation. And... You know, what was really interesting, so, you know, I'm probably screwing with the timelines here a little bit, but um, <laughs> but uh, when I had Giles Parkinson from the Driven and Renew Economy on the podcast uh, when we were in When Germany. I was on my hiatus, yes. Yes, when you're on your hiatus, <laughs> standing in the corner. And, um, and what was interesting speaking to him was the fact that he had no idea how advanced the transport industry in general was in terms of its zero emissions journey and electromobility. And that was June. No, July, was no, that, no that, was, that was September. September. That's not far away. Yeah, but it was interesting taking somebody from outside of the transport industry because, like, we work in it every day, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. We're, we're constantly surrounded by the industry, but yeah. taking an outsider who's an industry commentator in general, mm. plonking them in it and just going, wait, what? This has been happening? How long? I think that's interesting. It's almost like um, uh, our advancements have been our best kept secret. So while we had this narrative of like electromobility is going to ruin your weekend and the lights will go out. Well, cars have made their progress, obviously, as well, to be fair, and you know, maybe more mainstream than the trucking side of things. But overall, I think as a trucking industry and electromobility space, we're all playing our part in normalising this conversation and, you know, 
that's a probably a prime example of a trip or a article or whatever it was, even in September, yep. uh, is further normalising this space and making people aware that the amount of commentary we have now coming through media articles or you know, podcasts or anything like that is, is a lot higher as well. I think there's a higher interest from the representatives of the general public in this area and to show that we are on well on our way. I was, I was trying to do, and I will put my... Uh, Volvo hat on for two seconds, but I was trying to do the analysis the other day around model availability seems to come up a lot when uh, talking with other parts of the industry or government side of the you know government side and influence in the industry. But we had two electric models in Australia before a lot of different companies did on the car side. Uh, potentially next year we're going to have a lot more uh, models available than even Tesla does in Australia. So you know while we might not have the volumes of passenger vehicles when we never really will with trucking, obviously. It's going to be, I think it's going to be normalised even quicker uh, with terms of model availability, the setup of the industry to deploy them, the the maturity of the industry to operate them as well. Uh, it should be an interesting race to see how fast following and fast catching trucking can be as well. Do you think it's fast following though? I mean, it has that, been that... thus far because like with awareness and volumes. I suppose I'm thinking from a global perspective, oh, global not just in Australia. See, globally, I'm not so sure. I actually think that, and maybe I'm no, going you, to... No, your mate Elon's done a fair good, fair job of yeah, coming yeah, passenger yeah, cars yeah, in the right. limelight, to be fair. You take that back about Elon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Jesus? Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's the man. Um, it's his birthday next week, too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, look, I think there's a there's more awareness out there globally for electric trucks, but I still feel if you start pointing out the Californias, Norways, Chinas of the world with their electric taxis and all, and you know uptakes in the other two, mm. passenger still wins out, but truck is coming fast. Yep. All right. And catching up. No, grudgingly. Grudgingly. I just, I, yeah. uh, I really. You're the media guy. Come on, look at that. <laughs> just look at the numbers. Uh, but you know what? But it's not, and, it, and, it, and it's it's amazing to actually me be able to say that, to be fair, because we're not talking about a two ton vehicle moving three people in a couple of bags and the technology being available to do that. We're talking about, boy, five, six at least times the battery size moving, you know, eight times. The, the the vehicle mass, you know, it's a it's a fair feed in technology jump as well. So for them to be as readily available as you know, capable to fill their need the needs of the industry. But are, are we approaching some sort of critical mass? Like, I mean, look at look at just earlier this week, South Australia, hundred and four percent energy needs from renewables. So basically exceeded supply. We so are just, getting there. We we are definitely getting there. And then and. You know, when we had Bayhad on talking about energy side of things, we've got a future podcast coming out about energy distributions with Jard. So, well, the grid, right? Mm. Like, because the naysayers are all, all saying basically everything's going to melt down. Like, and but we're, we're hearing from energy companies that this is, you know, an opportunity for them, obviously. But, you know, it's not about the volume and the total volume of energy, but it's about where and when the energy needs to happen. And that's the concern. It's the, it's the hubs, it's the neighbourhoods, whatever it is, that well, all want it at 5 Bayard's to 6 p.m. Bayard's analogy of the, the, the highway f- the, and mm. how much traffic is on it. I mean, it's yeah. a, it really is a good analogy. Well, yeah, right? you don't need to make the six-lane highway 
for one hour's worth of higher peak distribution for it to be empty at midnight. Well, exactly. You know, if you be smart about your energy consumption or your volume on your road, whatever it is, the analogy is, you know, you can make it happen. And we're seeing great advancements, you know, from the likes of design work as well uh, overseas that are putting in large, large scale batteries on depots to support fast charging on those depots so they don't have to exceed their intake. I think, you know, we talk about the chicken and egg and all the parts of the ecosystem and all the rest of it. And every little bit makes an advancement, whether it's the charges, whether it's the connections to the grid, the stabilising of that, the trucks themselves, the, the vehicles themselves, the greenness of energy or the efficiency of energy, whether it is a new form of coal or nuclear or geothermal or, you know, whatever it is, we're making advancements in this space overall. And, and I don't want to say revolutionising the network, but there are, it's adapting and evolving. It's I mean, adapting like, and evolving, and it's looking it's looking to new technologies that are capable of doing some part and more and more parts as they as they advance. And but that's the interesting thing about this conversation. It's almost like that when you're talking about one part of it, everybody assumes the other part of it is frozen and not moving, right? No, like, can, so, can, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But it yeah, can't. You yeah, know, yeah like, it can't. But, no, no, because you know we wouldn't have trucks moving, or they would have nowhere to plug in their charger or whatever it is, right? And, you know, you, you reflect on the conversations we've had this year on the podcast and you talk about the mul- all the different facets we've, we've, we've discussed with different people on their specialties is we are all working together. We're all somehow being very cordial together uh, as well. It's, it's been a really collegial environment, yeah. right? Like, I mean, we're, we are speaking to people from around industry that have other interests, other commercial interests, yeah. and yet everybody recognises we're pulling the same the same direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, OEMs mightn't always play so nice, but I yeah, think... of course, um, but I think even on that side of things, from even from when I, you know, I've only been here for, what is it, 18 months or something like that, but from when I started to Feels now, like a decade. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean working with you. Oh, like no. oh no, no, no. <laughs> I was reflecting on you. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I've got flashbacks to conversations with you I've had over the last 18 months. But yep. um, no, but overall, you know, as the OEMs, we we probably were had, our, had our, our shields up when we first started and, you know, wanting to be oppositional. But some of the conversations I've had with other OEMs in this topic about what's this, what's that, how are you doing that, like, we are starting to talk together and say, well, this is our concern and, and or we found this, you know, this worked or these people, you know, this recommendation. And it's not exactly completely open flow com- conversations, but it's yeah, tidbits yeah. here and there. I think our fearless advocate, uh, Paul Ilmer, probably <laughs> is uh, uh, like, uh, I'd probably quote him on that one when he says that competition in this area is good yes. because it drives us to oh, be better. Yeah, right? no, and, and, but, it's, but I think on, on too far, he, like, he's right. We or they or whatever it is need to have competition to keep on performing and not rest on our laurels, obviously. But also we're enabling each other to perform in terms of, you know, we're not just shutting things down. We're not, you know, I don't know what it is, stifling collaboration. Um, and I'm saying like not just between ourselves, but with other parts of the 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 industry, the charges, the the networks, the whatever else. Like we're all we're all going in it together. And I think that's an important part because we all actually have, you know, you start to scratch the surface and talk to everyone else and everyone just wants to grow this industry. Yes, they have their invested interest behind them and driving it, but they're really trying to drive this industry and grow it. And that's a really I think important part to this being a sustainable and healthy growth in this emerging space. Because if we're all shields up, drawing guns at at, at, at dawn. Yeah. Well, there is an opportunity to create confusion in the market. It's happened. 
And so misinformation then, was out yeah, there. And we and started. That's where we started from. To be yep. fair, and so that. when you go down that path, then you end up like as I, I said earlier, probably in the first podcast, we were talking about how most of us that work in this space have an understanding on how an internal combustion vehicle works. Right? We understand the principles well, on the OEM it. side or the operator side. Is yeah, you know, yeah, everyone in the industry so the, as well. The, the customer does mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. So, so much of what we've been doing has been. In, in, to inform and educate as well. And, you know, I think you're right. I think there's there's probably, there has been times where there's been a bit of misinformation put out there. But yep. on the whole, most of us realise that, like, we need good quality information out there. Well, I'd say the start of the year we, we, we talked about misinformation, misinformation a lot and internally and as an industry and to, to break that down and, you know, batteries don't die in a week and yep. you throw them out and all the rest of it and how far things go and how fast charging, how charging works, all those kinds of things. Oh, ethical sourcing of well, yeah, minerals, of, of, the, right? of the minerals and materials. All of that sort of yep. stuff. I yep. mean, it's all important because... All, you know, the fire the, you know, the, the fire risks and how that's mitigated and, you know, well, yes, it's a new substance to learn to control, but heat can make anything, you know, affect anything combustible. So, that, you know, that started off as well. And... Also, you know, there's conversations around things like greenwashing, right? Like, so, yeah. so, like, you know, virtue signaling by having this zero emissions vehicle that sits in the corner so we can tell everyone about it. I've got a lot of photos of it and all yeah, the rest of it. You know, yeah. and, and stuff like that. I mean, um, start measuring on photos per mile or something like that. <laughs> Have you been looking at my strategy? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, I think now having vehicles in service that are performing. Oh, we. You know, those first two, for us anyway, yeah. um, have been in Australia for two years next month. Yeah. Um, working. Working. And and to be fair, have had no – look, we've had, you know, to be blatant. A couple of teething issues. Teething yeah. issues in, in processes and operation, but nothing from the vehicle side of things. And, and they were minor and one-offs at that. Um, and with awesome driver feedback. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. love them. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, this, you know – Still seeing the reports that came in yesterday about they're still you know being used quite well uh, overall. So, look, it's been an evolving conversation. I think it's been you know from from when we started this year on the podcast, our conversations within the industry, our conversations ourselves with with end users or potential end users, and has truly evolved. We you know we went from misinformation, uh, you know breaking down the myths to talking a lot about the product to now it's, well, how do you operationalize this? And that's where I was getting to because I think that's quite interesting. I've noticed a shift in the conversations, right? We're no longer challenging whether the product actually works. No, like, it's, it's, so, it's assumed. Well, you know, the, 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 it's an electric truck. Cool. I want one. I'm going to get one. How do I make it work? How do I get the most out of it? Yeah. So the wider conversation now is like, how do I set up charging infrastructure? Yeah, is it what slow charge? Is it fast yeah. charge? What's my future master plan look like? How do we break that down? So, you know, uh, more and more so our conversations push into that area and it's more important to bring in those, you know, well-versed expert partners to help cover off the, you know, the the implementation of that. Obviously, we give our feedback and our input as to what can be done, but wider scale, it's for those partners. And again, very helpful when it comes to facilitating that conversation with the end user. So, what would be a highlight for you for this year? A highlight a, for me, a apart high- from getting to regularly sit down with me and indulge okay, in intelligent that, conversation. It, oh, oh, okay, well, we've never done that. Um, so, what a highlight for me? A highlight for me. A highlight for me would be seeing this industry grow in a healthy way. I think from 
aspirations, expectations of what this year was going to be to where we are now with certain deals going out and volume looking at that, the conversation maturity. This industry, this emerging space is well set up to grow in a sustainable way. And, you know, very versatile words saying sustainable, but I mean, I mean that in generally is that the fact that, you know, we're not just putting ones and twos of vehicles out there as an industry and as Volvo, and they're not just sitting in the corner taking their 10 photos per kilometre or whatever it is. They're being used. They're looking to be used. We've got a diversity in terms of it's not just logistics trucks. We're looking at emergency service trucks. We're looking at all sorts of different things. What industries work best to start off with and as a technology and capability and trust in the vehicles and operations of charging and all the rest of it change, we're looking to grow that space. And we have exceeded expectations, let's say, but it's grown well. It's not been chaos we are a substantial conversation now around, okay, would that application suit an electric vehicle? Not, I need to get one for greenwashing sake or whatever it is. So for me, overall, the fact that we've matured this quickly is is my highlight of the year. I, w- I would say driving a uh, heavy-duty electric truck, but so far <laughs> Gary Bone has <laughs> held me from doing that. And then uh, I think Shane Common's going to step up and hold me from doing that for the next six months as well. So if I told you I've driven a heavy duty? Oh, have you, Matt? Thank yeah. you for rubbing it in and reminding me. No, no, I'm at this point in time, I think everyone's against me in actually driving one. <clears throat> I've been in the passenger seat, so I'm agreeing. No, we're, um, not, we're not too far away from the airport. I'm just fly over now, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Do myself a favour. Um, Do myself out of my misery. But, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree from a highlight perspective. I think I, I don't know that any of us could have predicted the sort of like we're, we're using words like tsunami and things like that earlier in the year just through inquiry. But I think now it's less tsunami of inquiry and it's more a tsunami of demand. Yeah, yeah. And those inquiries, to be fair, like, you know, email after email after email after email inquiry coming through. But now, you know, just for information, to be fair. But now more so, it's a genuine, I've done my research. Let's do this. I want to get one, two, five, eight, ten, whatever it is. How do we make this happen? So what was interesting for me, and look, in all honesty, IAA was probably a highlight for me because it oh, showed. Oh, yeah, wasn't that? Well, did you go to Europe, Matt, did you? Yeah, well, I may have. <laughs> and um, just because for the first time you could see just the scale mm of how things, how OEMs are tackling this. So like whilst we are a leader in the space, I think that's a fair Mm. comment to say, but the weight behind this transformation is huge. So a a British transport journalist, Will Shires, was quoted as saying that after being at IAA, he wrote that being a diesel-powered truck at IAA was like being the parent of a teenager doing a party drop-off. Um, <laughs> you're necessary, but you're embarrassing, <clears throat> which I thought was an interesting analogy because basically, the well, I mean, Volvo had no internal combustion product on the stand at all. Yeah. And anyone who did had it hidden down the back. It was all... Um, did you think in your advanced age that you would see a stand that would be all electric? Well, you know, No. But it's, it's even for me, you know, I, the mobility solutions manager, like even for me to think that there was a truck stand that consisted of multiple trucks being all electric at a major show globally is still fascinating. It's it, it just the, the, the shift, the shift. Yeah. Like, so 
I went to the last IAA, right? Yeah, yeah. But now they're. When was that? Nineteen. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, no, eighteen. Eighteen. So, sorry, um, sorry. And obviously, there, there was this little pandemic thing that kind of disrupted oh, I heard about stuff. That. But the shift in that period of time is nothing short of astonishing. Like, what was, all, what was it all? Horsepower, or what was the what uh, was the theme? The, the horsepower and emissions. Oh yeah. Um, HVO was a thing, like definitely yep. from, um, especially from the Northern European sort of brands and stuff. Mm. So, but you know, I, I just think the shift has been amazing. Now, there's a couple of different thoughts here that like, you know, okay, so the next time the industry comes together, there'll be like a little bit more of a stabilisation and there'll be internal combustion. That'll actually be fascinating to see. Will we bring back the internal combustion engine? Will we continue going with electric? Or are we going to shift to the next, you know, that's not to say buzzword, but next hype thing. Is it going to be a hydrogen festival? Those kind of things. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think overall, from to be fair, if I was a, a betting man, would be that, you know, we'll probably just start, start see diversity and, and being, you know, more agnostic to applications. So how do we reduce emissions overall? How do we help and optimise going forward? So, you know, there'll be a lot of electrics, maybe there's some hydrogen stuff poking around, but how do we look to decarbonise sooner rather than now. So help on that journey. It's not about product, it's about service. Yeah, I suppose one of the things you also have to bear in mind with trade shows is that quite often what you're looking at isn't market ready either. We had all market ready. We had all market ready. We had all market ready. We were pretty much the only market-ready product at the show. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Obviously, oh, we have the axle. But yeah, yeah. We will to have be market, to be yeah. market-ready. Yeah, yeah, to so, be yeah, market-ready yeah, yeah. in a couple A component, years. not a truck. Yeah. I guess, so bringing it back down locally to Australia, Matt, we've talked about the narrative changing conversation, the industry growing, the podcast and how those conversations have all kind of pieced together and grown from, I'd love to go back and listen to Bayhad's first, or our, even our first podcast as well and see what we were talking about exactly and what was the, the topic then, but... It has been a big shift here in Australia as well. We've had an election that probably plays a critical part to Australia's emissions reduction journey. We've seen 43% emissions reduction legislated, which will be interesting to see how that plays out and how that influences things. Obviously, we all will play our part. We've had the National Electric Vehicle Strategy go out for feedback and consultation. We've got a climate bill coming. We had the Grattan Report come out. Yeah, the Grattan Report. It's funny, a lot of people got... Pretty offended. Look, I think it did what it intended to do. Let's... What, offend a lot of people or...? Uh, get the topic out there. I think saying that trucks are hard to love is a really hard one, especially still or just ending a pandemic when trucks were critical for... Celebrated. Well, yes, they're very much celebrated. Probably at the same time that uh, a certain train line was cut off to the West and trucks were very celebrated. But overall, the, the themes and topics of it brought to light a lot of conversations. Maybe the language could have been a little bit sort of yeah, uh, but, less. But would it have got the shock value and attention if their language wasn't like that? And that's the question for me. I, yeah. So, but that's a huge amount of things I just listed off very quickly that have happened in the last six months. Yep. Really? Yeah. That's a huge amount of change or shift or, you know, I hate saying the word normalisation again. But it's, a, it's being a key topic. Overall, it should be an interesting shift to see what that means next year because, you know, a lot of this stuff is all well and good to put in black and white, but how does it hit tarmac effectively? And that's the part that I think sometimes we as an Australian society or government or however you look at it struggle with is that implementation side of strategy. We can produce some really good strategies. We can do a lot of good policy work, but we need to implement it. On on the flip side and, and talking about implementation, you know, 
arena through the Future Fuels Fund coming to light and coming into this coming into this space. To be fair, not talking about uh, passenger vehicles or just hydrogen production or batteries to support the grid, but coming into the heavy vehicle space as well and helping with implementation. A lot of learnings and to be shared on, on that. Well, that is a part of. It's a key part. Yeah, it's a key part of well, the whole it's getting an industry, project. It's getting it? an industry going, yep. getting a project going to help that industry, but then that project taking its lessons learned and sharing it throughout the industry to make sure the industry can grow in a more sustainable way and learn from those, that's not my same mistakes, but those yep. optimizations from that as well. So these are key things and, in growing this space and in Australia. Yeah, and I, I suppose to add to that, we will be talking about this in a future podcast, but we've also had the largest global order of medium duty electric here in Australia. Australia. Here in Australia. You know, with original analysis was that Australia was not to be an electromobility market at all because of our incentives, our regulations, our climate, whatever it was. But, you know, this is original analysis, but some couple of years later, you know, we're here with the biggest medium duty deal globally. You know, you're seeing the volumes overall, the interest overall really growing. So good on Australia, to be fair. Punching it, above its weight. It, it kind of makes you a little bit proud, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's not actually like, you know, I'm not usually prone to like, you know, teary patriotic gestures, but uh, there's kind of a little bit of a like, there you is. know, go Aussie. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 24 million of us punching well above our weight. You know, we'll talk about that project in one of the next podcasts, but to see that come to light at that scale in that level of integration with, Green energy on site with batteries, with charges, with optimizing the operations of the site, with changing the conveyor belts to make it all work, to driver interaction, all the rest of it. A pretty impressive project for Australia to effectively be leading with. Like it's a, you know, there's reports that it's the biggest globally in terms yeah. of its its size and all the rest of it. And it's, I think overall, you know, Australia's been renowned for being entrepreneurial, with you know, having a punt, having a go, but in this space. I think that's amplified, to be fair, in yeah. terms of what we're willing to take on. Yeah. So you heard me mention about the discussions I had with our colleagues in Norway, for example, and how much, how committed Norway was to the zero emissions and electric well, mobility. 80, 90% of new sales are electric vehicles, and, you know, leading in passenger side, leading yep. the way. Yeah. Which is actually quite funny. So you will be driving down a motorway and it's electric car after electric car and then a 1967 Chevy Impala drives past. <laughs> it's, it's really polarised. <laughs> He's making up for everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we, we kind of, you know, as you said, that, that sort of Aussie kind of attitude then also like, you know, oh, don't talk it up too much and, you know, uh, don't don't get too carried away with yourself, sunshine, like, uh, and all that sort of thing. The tall but, poppy syndrome. Yeah, there's a little bit mm. of that, but also like, um, yeah, not really wanting to pump our tyres up too much and, uh, you know, make ourselves a target. But the funny thing is then we always look to these other markets and just go like, oh my God, they're doing it so much better than us. It's just nice to actually be all of a sudden like in the spotlight globally for, for what we're doing. Yeah, I... I it's even, it has like, you know, even when it was announced and all the rest of it, it was like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, okay, it's done now. You know, we moved on to the, the next project, the next, you know. But being able to, I guess, overall as a, as a team uh, sit back and go, well, let's think about this. Let's actually see, talk about it. See, that's why you have your job and I have mine because I'm like, <laughs> wait, 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 guys. <laughs> <laughs> this big just, exciting thing. Just, just, just take a Take a breath. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have a look at this for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and I, but it's important because, you know, for us, we just – it's a, it's a good win, but let's keep them coming. Let's keep the momentum going. Oh, absolutely. But sitting back and, I guess, not being 
the traditional Aussie way and patting yourself on the back to say that this is happening. This is this is a big achievement. And I'm not saying just from Volvo, I'm saying as an industry, from our decarbonisation, from what we're going to learn from charging optimization and positioning and all that kind of thing, you know, having a depot of the future and how that spreads through the industry here in Australia is going to be very interesting to see. It is a huge landmark that we should sit back and thank you, Matt, for making us you know, think about it. But, yeah, it's 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 a nice one to, to reflect on, especially towards the end of the year. Yeah. It's a nice, you know, a nice cap to the end of the year. Yeah, it certainly is. And then I suppose looking at 2023 and where I'm looking at is like well, we're looking at heavy-duty electric in Australia. Yeah, well, 2023 is still three working days and – three days off away from me. So, uh, you know, still a lot of water going under the bridge before we hit 2023, but reflecting on what 2023 could be, wow. Like, to be fair, we're going to be a heavy-duty market, a heavy-duty electric market here in Australia. You know, the medium duties are, are doing well. We've got a great industry growing overall with the medium duties, but heavy-duty is a different ballgame. So heavy-duty, though, 44 tonnes at the moment. Yeah, at the uh, moment, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's not classified information. No, it's we've not. Got, no, we're, no, we're, no. we've got a 90-tonne trial in, you know, above the Arctic Circle. Yeah, in, yeah. So if anything's going to... Um, oh, but, you know, regardless, everything's going to advance, right? Yeah. It's going to start eating into what other things can do. As it, as it grows and advances, it, it only starts there. And that's the key with with range, with weights, with all the rest of it, the technologies as it is now, and technology will always advance. So 44 tonne, going to be perfect for metro delivery, single trailer delivery, interregional. Let's see how we go with, with, with charging protocols and, and infrastructure so, to support more beyond that, to be fair. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting opening of applications into what these vehicles can now do. And a pretty good one, to be fair, because we've got single trailers running around built-up areas or high population density areas. It's a good application at the ports, at wherever it is. I oh, couldn't agree more. You know, I have a supermarket literally over my back fence. Yeah. Um, the idea that the truck backing in there is not idling yeah. and making well, we got it noise. we got rid of the loud squawker off the back of it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I had a conversation on the, even on the weekend about a family member of mine doing uh, development applications for Woolworths and Coles and the likes of shopping centres and part of their justification for where they now put their service bays and how they treat them with sound insulation and all that to... Minimise disruption. Minimise yeah. disruption to the surrounding residents. Well, they've all got goals of 2025, zero emissions deliveries, so quiet deliveries. Well, why are we building a new site with all these treatments that we won't have an internal combustion engine turn up with and making noise? So even that side of things, like how, you know, their own goals are supporting more optimised development. But is it a case of some parts of industry moving quicker than regulations and yeah, regulatory bodies can can move? Like, because, you know, we've got our own challenges putting the heavy-duty product on the road just we need some regulatory change to open up the whole range. Like yeah, the, yeah. You know, well, well, the the medium duties are often racing, you know. Yeah. They comply with regulations here in Australia. You know, what do they cap out at 26 tonnes or whatever yeah. it is as a medium-duty product? They're fine off to the races, you know, unimpeded by regulation hurdles. So industry is taking them up. On the heavy-duty side, industry wants to take them up. We've got the demand. We've got the when, how much, you know, what can I get coming in already with applications that are perfect for these vehicles. Uh, again, going beside 
schools and child cares and hospitals and all the rest of it, you know, reducing that emissions, that noise, helping out that dense population with the, the benefits they have and the, and the drivers as well. We, we always spoke about driver retention and drawing in drivers with electric vehicles as well. But when it comes to these applications, they, they, as I said, they, they perfectly suit what the vehicle can do under some regulations. There are, in a, in a true heavy-duty vehicle with uh, um, three, four tonnes worth of battery or whatever it is, they're going to be heavier. They, but, the weight has to go somewhere. But as we were talking about this yesterday, there there was a, a rather cool video released by Volvo globally last week showing just how seriously we take crash testing with these things. Yep. And, um, Side they... impact, front impact, rollover, having the batteries held to the chassis in their frame so they can safely, in case of an incident, perform. It's it's an important and critical part to ensuring these vehicles are safe to be around and, if you know, forbid they're, they're in incidents, they, they ensure that not just the occupants but those around them are safe as well. And there's only so many places, you, can, you know, to make that safe level of safety and quality, you have to have extra components or the right components. You have extra safety features to avoid it, which is, you know, much yep. better than having to, yep. you know, perform in the crash is avoid the crash. So we're adding all these additional safety and environmental features to vehicles and they're getting heavier. When you've got, you know... But on that, just... Internal combustion vehicles are getting heavier. So I think this is something well, that like, have, they always yeah. have. We were yeah. from 6 to 6.5 to yeah. 7 tonne in the future because of environmental advancements or safety advancements. Both, yeah. And it's we're always... going to wider as well with safety advancements. So yeah. it's all about progress. And these vehicles, to be fair, take that all on steroids. They're, they're safer from people's health perspective. They're, you know, they're as safe as their equivalent or more when it comes to features and construction of the vehicle, but they're adding an environmental impact that's, you know, much higher as well. And, you know, a lot of the conversation we get is around, well, if we'd built the vehicle from ground up, we would have it comply with Australian conditions. There's there's nowhere to hide three to four tonnes of battery. And I'm probably going to be corrected on the uh, calculations there, but, you know, you there's only so much yeah. space you can put it. No, um, absolutely. And if you were to design something from scratch, you probably still wouldn't achieve Australian standards and your time to market would be many more years and it would be, you know, all the rest of it. So, Look, it is not unusual practice within transport industry now for trucks to leave their depot with three-quarters fuel on board because otherwise they'll be overweight on the steer axle. Yeah, of course. But that is common. Well, even if we were three-quarters charged and didn't only have three-quarters of the electrons in the batteries, they're still heavy. <laughs> electrons don't weigh anything, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, yeah, if only, you know, you know, comments of helium in the tyres and all that kind of stuff to try and lift the weight. But it's just part and parcel of what it is. We as, I say, we as an OEM striving to work to try and mitigate the impact through tyres and suspension and whatever shock or, or impact it is to the roads or structures, but there's only so much we can hide the weight, the, the additional weight that comes in. And it's a shame because, you know, as I said at the start, as an industry, there is demand. There's going to be model availability. Uh, we have some very smart people in the industry capable of covering off the charging side of things. 
we're just waiting on regulation change. So in 12 months' time, when we're at Emerging Possibilities Christmas party, so there'll be you and me and my dog probably, but... Um, Good party. Um, oh, and Gil. Oh, sorry, Gil. sorry, Gil. Yeah, of course, Gil. Gil our esteemed yeah. producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what will be making you do a happy dance at, uh, at a, you oh. know, as a part... What, what would a successful 2023 look like for you? Growing back some hair. <laughs> Or is that too far gone, Matt? Yeah, I think. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. well, okay. Right, scrap that one off. Yep. Um, Twenty twenty three. I'm sitting here we're having a party. Uh, Gills in that shirt, which is amazing. Yep. Um, we have applications we're putting the heavy duty range into. We've we've worked together as an industry with government to enable the use and operation of heavy-duty trucks in Australia. The medium-duty side of things is growing well. We've seen large-scale successful projects deployed, refined, optimised and growing and influencing other projects. It's a big mix, but overall what I'm summarising is it's a continuation of what we're doing well now and it's an opening up of more and greater opportunity when it comes to the heavy-duty range. Well, that sounds like a pretty good note to end on. Um, I'll just agree with what you said. Oh, really? Yeah. Look, oh, sorry, I had forgotten one thing. Someone actually lets me drive a heavy-duty electric truck. Because <laughs> at this point, it's getting beyond a joke. <laughs> fortune is not, you know, fortune has not been in my favour so far. Excellent. Well, on that note, I'd like to wish all our listeners a uh, great festive season and I uh, hope you can join us again in 2023. Thanks all for a great year. Thank you for listening to Emerging Possibilities. Send your comments, suggestions and questions to emerging.possibilities at evolvo.com. And of course, remember to rate and review this show.